Hi, I'm Will, and this is Health Uncovered. All about grooming. Could it happen to me? I think maybe some people are embarrassed by it because they kind of think, oh, I've fallen for this person, and then they're not who you thought they were. They want to be able to control somebody and tell them what to do and when to do it and how to do it. The groomer will, like, buy them things and give them all those things, and when they don't do what they want in return, they'll kind of say, I give you so much, why can't you give back? Hello and welcome to Health Uncovered with me, Kel Spellman. In this series of podcasts, we are going to be looking at a whole host of issues around the health of young people just like yourself. Now, if you're looking for something specific, then feel free to check out the other podcasts in the series. But today, we are talking about grooming. Could it happen to me? Now, when I say grooming, I'm not talking about doing your hair or doing your makeup. I'm talking about when an adult builds an emotional connection with a young person to gain their trust for the purpose of sexual relationship, exploitation or trafficking. So today it is a pretty heavy topic that we're going to be discussing and there are going to be some tough things to talk about. But here to help me do that, we have our panel from Shropshire. I'm joined by some wonderful young people who are... Ellie. Sadie. Liv. Tracy. And of course we need our two experts and today they are... Hi, I'm Kirsten. I'm a school nurse um, and my job is to look after the health and well-being of children in schools. Hello, I'm Alice. I work for Public Health and I support schools and teachers to develop relationship and sex education as part of personal social health education. We'll begin with a kind of little game because I've got some behaviours here on the list and I want you to tell me if they're the type of things that maybe they just happen between friends or is it someone who is trying to groom you, okay? So the first one would be offering advice and understanding, being a shoulder to cry on, being there when you're upset and no one else understands. I think it does depend on what context you use it in, as groomers do try to sympathise with the people they're trying to get close to so that the child involved begins to trust that person in attempts to sexually exploit them. But like, that yeah. doesn't mean that their grooming could be anybody, it could yeah. just be someone who yeah. likes being there for you and being nice. Okay, what about buying you gifts, giving or lending you money? Again, it's not really, unless they go to a certain extent. It depends, I think it depends what it is, really. Yeah. Yeah. Like a friend buying, giving you gifts, you know, just getting a sandwich or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But buying you a holiday or buying you, I don't know, in an extreme situation, underwear if you're a boy, you know, and a girl, it can be a bit dodgy and a bit strange. What happens if they are kind of really expensive items, things that maybe, you know, yeah. your friends wouldn't be able to afford? I think I start to get a bit dodgy yeah. there. Yeah. It's like, I, mean, I think it's just a bit weird. But also, why are they doing it? Yeah. Because they want to, you know that you kind of go back to them, maybe, yeah. And what about just talking online in private, like WhatsApp? There's nothing weird about uh, that. Depends who you're talking to. Depends who you're talking to. Yeah. Talking to yeah. And, and depends what, you're, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Well, that's how people live their lifestyles, how people talk. Yeah, it's how people communicate, so it's hard to sometimes, you know, tell the difference. But I think if you know them, it's all right, but if you don't know them, it's a random just trying to message you a bit inappropriately, then that's when you kind of think, oh, OK, what's going on? This is kind of where I wanted to open up mm. to you guys, our experts, because we've kind of just discussed there between friends and kind of family members, all those things I've listed there seem very normal, OK. However, and as you've kind of touched upon, if it is somebody different depending on the person, all of a sudden those things take a whole new meaning. It's so hard to know mm. which kind of side of the line it's on. Mm. I think it's it's okay to buy gifts. It's not that we're saying it's not okay because it's almost actually that is a generous, loving thing to do. It's the expectation back, isn't it, sometimes? It's whether it's a gift given with no expectation or whether it's a case of, well, actually, I've bought you this, now you do this for me, or I've bought you this. It's, it's that sort of manipulative effect from that. If a young person 
is receiving a gift, that's fine. If they're asking for something in return mm -hmm. and the young person doesn't feel comfortable or uneasy or wants to say no, and they're not able to say no, or it turns to threats or warnings, blame, humiliation and anger, mm -hmm. that is a tipping point. And we need young people to recognise those tipping points in a relationship. Because often for them, the relationship is about a companion, is someone who's trustworthy, someone who's generous, maybe very charismatic. But if it involves sexual exploitation or child abuse, they are also going to be very manipulative, sometimes over a period of months or years. So it's recognising those very, very crucial issues of tipping points. It must feel like it's a really tough minefield for, for you guys to navigate your way through, to be thinking about all these things and also trying to, you know, put the two together or is it crossing the line or isn't it? Do you find that? I think for a younger person, definitely, because I'm a little bit older, I think I would know what sort to look out for and what sort of right and wrong. But as a young person, it's easier to manipulate, I think, because they're a bit more scared and a bit more vulnerable than an old person. So I think it probably is a little bit harder for them. I think maybe for a younger person it's kind of hard because their whole life is like revolved around social media. And if someone starts to be a bit dodgy, you might just think like, oh, it's just normal, this just happens, and just block them maybe. But I think if you're younger, you might just not understand a bit more. I mean, I certainly don't have a lot of knowledge on grooming, and I think many people my age do, just because it's something we don't really get taught much about. So you might not understand what's happening. I think, actually, I mean, it can start very young. I think social media is, is being tapped into from as early as eight, nine years of age, isn't it, for yeah. young people? And um, I work with young people all the time, and I think, actually, the sort of ages between 12, 13, when body changes are happening, puberty's coming in, the need to be liked, the need to be accepted, the, the peer pressure around that. Actually, you know, to sort of, for a young person, putting myself in their shoes, to get attention from somebody mm -hmm. is, is a really important thing. And actually, it's from a self-esteem perspective, so quite often that's a foot in for groomers. The, the positive attention that comes first is well received and then that keeps the conversation flowing. And it's very hard because actually all young people at that age are, are in that mindset of, actually, yeah. you know, it's part of growing up. So yeah, the world we live in It's well. the world we live in, absolutely. So to get that attention from someone who isn't your friend, someone you think, oh, they like me, you know, that is, is a really powerful part of this. Mm -hmm. It's distinguishing between good attention yeah. and that negative attention for young people. So it is a minefield for them. And I think when they are younger, it's even harder for them to see that. I mean, the difficult truth is that child abuse can take place at any age, mm -hmm. it can affect any young person, and that there are different styles and approaches. And I think there's no one type of groomer and there's no one type or one age where young people are vulnerable and different young people, perhaps young people who are questioning their sexuality or their gender or because of difficult home backgrounds or being in care, have particular vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And we need to be alert and aware and have these conversations around the dinner table. And that's one thing I've definitely picked on in, in doing this podcast and all the range of topics that we've discussed is that conversation and transparency is at the heart of kind of everything that we're talking about. And I think if we can start to make that progress, the relationship between parents, your friends or your teachers, then we can really start combating all these issues, you know, like grooming or, or mental health or, or sexual health that young people face today. Keep talking, guys, keep talking. And don't be embarrassed and don't feel, oh, I've done something... I don't want to talk about or I feel that I shouldn't have done. It's OK to talk about yeah. it. It's OK to admit it. You are not to blame. OK, so before we start getting into the grooming process, I mean, I'm kind of assuming, but do you all use social media? Yes. yes. 
Okay, so what what sort of platforms are we using? Snapchat, Instagram, yeah. Facebook. That's all I use. Okay. Do you know all the people that you have on there as friends and that can interact with your profiles? I wouldn't say every single one. Mm. Yeah, but I would say you know them. Yeah. I haven't met that. every yeah. single one yeah. of them, but I know who they are. If I'm to talk to anyone on any platform, usually I will know them. If there's anyone who tries to contact me that I don't know, have never spoken to, or yes. do look a bit dodgy, mm. I will just ignore them. Okay, mm. so young people know, mm -hmm. inverted commas, people on social media platforms that they may never meet physically, and they may be different parts of the country, they may be in different countries. It's not about that. It is about the nature of the relationship. And that can take place on the street, down the road, in the club, in school, or it can just be online platform. So it's about the behavior, the nature of the relationship, when it gets manipulative, if you're being asked to keep a secret, mm -hmm. and if there's in any indication of anger or blame, and asking you to do stuff. So it's about the relationship, it's about the behavior and how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. Also, I suppose my question to you would be, you know, there's so many out there, aren't there, and they're changing constantly. Do you feel technically savvy enough to know how to put your private sort of access on and, you know, making sure that it's friends of friends and friends can't see and things like that. So do you think that's something young people need more knowledge on? I yeah. think, like, let's say that on Instagram, I've got a certain amount of followers. I don't know all of them, but I don't post stuff on Instagram that I wouldn't let other people that I don't know see, you know, like I'm quite wary of what I put on my Instagram. So it's not like if someone I don't know is like looking at it, there's not going to be something on there that I don't want anyone to see. I think it depends what social media platform you use as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like Facebook is something that, you know, every you can reach anyone on there. There are a lot of people who use Facebook. They are prepared to share all of their lives with everyone. Because some of them, is, is it Snapchat or is it Instagram that's got the Snapchat's the ability to track where you are as well? Snapchat. Yeah, but yeah. you can ghost yourself on that. Yeah. So, like, I'm ghosting that. I don't want anybody knowing where I am. That's quite a reasoning, yeah. and that's yeah, that petrifying. Is that is yeah. scary, because, like, well, I know friends who stalk their boyfriends on there, but I turn it off so no-one can follow me, because mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. That's not safe. It's not safe at all. Any young person that we, I seem to speak to about that all say the same thing, give that exact reaction. So why some people in an office had, had thought it'd be a good idea, I don't know. But that's probably another podcast. Um, <laughs> if we go back to grooming, I'm going to start with a very obvious question and probably one that is a very obvious answer. But what is grooming? The common thing we see is it's an old person trying to get close to a young person, trying to make them feel safe and comfortable with them and like a person they can trust and go to with any sort of issue and any sort of problem. Eventually their real motive is to you know, manipulate them, whether that be emotionally, physically, mainly sexually. Uh, that can lead to um, isolating them from family, from friends, uh, trafficking them, sending them off to different parts of the country. Yeah, it's more stereotypically seen as an older person, yeah. mainly a man, mm -hmm. that does it to a younger girl. Yeah. It happens to anybody. Yeah. Anybody can be a victim of it. You touched upon there about maybe it being an older man, but is it just no, the old man sitting behind a computer? And it can happen to anybody. Yeah. No. It can be anybody. It doesn't necessarily have to be a stranger. It can be someone you already yeah. know, mm. um, someone you know in like your personal life, like you said, a boyfriend or a partner that can be you know, nice to you at first and then they get more and more yeah. manipulative and they close you off. And again, they can exploit you in you know, any way they want because they believe you know, they're in power. And I mean, part of this is, again, even though young people aren't to blame, that's what the groomer reinforces on them, that it's their fault if they don't do what they want them to do. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of people struggle to come forward because they feel bad because they're young and they're like, well, if they want me to do it, surely I should do it. You know, If I love them, I'll 
do what I want for them. I always think it's worse when it's like a boyfriend type thing because you think you're in love and you think you're in this like amazing relationship and like I think that's kind of when you just say to yourself oh this isn't happening to me it can't be like I trust this person but they're actually just using you. I think it's a really key point you said about your boyfriend because I think there is this conception or misperception, if you like, that actually it's older older males seeking out young girls in particular and we know it's not just girls, it's also boys. But actually the stats, especially in Shropshire, are saying it's young men more in particular. Mm-hmm. So actually it will be the boyfriend-girlfriend scenario than actually, you know, somebody sort of snatching you off the street. So it's it's very hard then as a young person because actually it starts off from a positive angle yeah. and a positive place, mm. yeah. And it's very difficult, I think, for young people to recognise that the groomer may be very trusted within the family context, maybe a family friend. They may have had a relationship with this person for a number of years. So I think the message is there isn't any one type of groomer. Mm -hmm. There isn't any one type or style of grooming. Do you think this is a subject that young people talk about enough? No, God, no. Not. I, people just kick under the carpet, I think, because I think they don't realise that it happens as much as it does, especially in a small place like Shrewsbury, and I don't think it's talked about enough at all. But I have like very little knowledge of it. It's just something that's just at the back of my mind, and I just don't really think that actually happens, but it does happen. Honestly, I haven't heard that many stories, if any, that have occurred where we live, but it does happen, mm-hmm. and maybe there are stories that just aren't being told because, you know, you wanted to pick where you live as a safe place and you should always feel safe. But just because you feel like you're in a safe environment doesn't mean that things can't still happen to you. I think as well, the ones that get the media spotlight are the big, you know, the Manchester, the Telford issue we had locally with rings and gangs of sort of sexual exploitation that was going on. So you don't necessarily get to hear about the individual relationships, those sort of much, much smaller ones. But, you know, it, it is happening in Shropshire as, as much as anywhere. So we've kind of discussed the groomers. What are their goals? And when someone's trying to groom someone, what what is it that they're trying to do? I think it's always different. I don't think there's just one motive. I don't think it's always just, you know, to have sex or to have that sort of access with that sort of person. It depends on the issues they have. Obviously, young people or any people they most likely targeted if they're very vulnerable in a vulnerable place. But you can also have the groomer who may be struggling mentally, not realising that what they're doing isn't actually okay. So not necessarily that they're completely innocent and we should feel sorry for them, but what they believe they're doing is actually okay. Like they are looking for someone to love and to have, not realising that it is extremely inappropriate and their behaviour is abusive. I think some people just want control as well. Mm. They just want to have that control over somebody. And they want to be able to control somebody and tell them what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And if obviously if they go against that then the result of violence maybe or sexual abuse or mentally, you know, abusing them. We've kind of talked about their objectives who the person might be. Now then, if it's starting to happen to a young person, how would you know about it? What sort of things would be happening? Um, I, always, I know that sometimes the groomer will like buy them things and give them all these things, and when they don't do what they want in return, they'll kind of say, I've bought you all this, you know, like I, I give you so much, why can't you give back? And then they kind of feel guilty because they have bought them a lot, so it's just kind of a guilt thing that they do. 
isolation as well that's quite a common one so it's you know it's that sort of subtle over time you know way of isolating you from family isolating you from friends so that you don't have a wide support network around you and you become more and more dependent on that person that's quite a key element isn't it as well also, you know, sort of threatening as well. They quite often could sort of say, well, actually, you know, I'll do this to your mum or do this to your sister or I'll tell them or I'll share this picture of you. So it's that kind of sort of threatened behaviour as well. I think groomers can convince their victim over time that the people who are important in their life are actually manipulating them instead so like saying oh your parents don't actually understand you your friends don't actually care about you I you do. should trust yeah, yeah i do yeah. you should trust me i'm i here i'm here i tell you the truth i give you these things and then unfortunately the person will begin to believe that if you've like spent time with them and you've gained trust of them and then they suddenly do this you kind of just think well i've got nobody and like you're the person i trusted the most so they probably like hold on to them just because they're in love with them or something mm -hmm. At what point, you know, does the relationship become a grooming relationship? Because obviously we know what we're talking about and when you look at the bigger picture, you can see it for what it is. But when you're talking about when someone's just being really nice and kind of really calm, when, when is the line crossed? There isn't a very clear, definite line that would be the same for all young people in all situations. So everything that our young people have said, those are the key pointers and issues. If you're asked to do something and you don't feel comfortable, you don't want to do it, can you say no? And if the person accepts that you have a right and respects that right to say no, and there are no recriminations, there is no blame, there are no warnings or threats or angers or humiliation, the person doesn't say, you know, please do it just for me and, and everything that these young people have said, I think that is quite a good indicator. And that could be, no, I don't feel comfortable holding your hand. No, I don't want to go X, Y, and Z. It can be anything. And that's a test in any relationship, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, at yeah. any age. And at the point at which someone accepts that, you can continue to have the relationship and move forward, negotiated, recognising different people's feelings and issues. And I think that when you don't give consent, but they still do it anyway, that is just a massive warning sign. Yeah, That's some, abuse. Sometimes yeah. I think it's quite common as well that when people say no and they do it anyway, afterwards they make that person feel guilty mm -hmm. and they try to make themselves feel better about themselves and make themselves think it is okay what they've done and then tell that person that it was their fault and you gave me the wrong signals, blah, blah, blah. even though you said no, you know, you're wearing this, you're wearing that. That's, probably That's quite a really common. good point, Ellie. I think young people, as Kirsten said, you know, you've got hormones going, it's new to you, you're experimenting, you're finding out who you are, what your identity is, what your sexuality might be, what kind of relationships you want. You've got a lot going on. Yeah. Everybody has done something in their lives that they're not happy about or proud about. Or maybe you don't, regret. Or maybe yeah. regret. Mm. That's okay. You do not have to continue to do it. So that's really important that you want to talk to someone, you say, oh, you know what, I feel really naff, I feel really embarrassed, but you know what, I'm going to learn from that and I'm not going to do it again. But sometimes you need the support and help and you need a different perspective on it. Yes. So that's about talking to your mates and your friends, that's about talking to a trusted adult, particularly if you have actually said no and an action has been taken against your will, then that may need reporting, it might be abuse, yeah. and you shouldn't be shamed or humiliated into, well, you did it once, or I've got it on social media, I'm going to show other people. Mm -hmm. And consent is given every time. Just because you give consent once, it's not a blanket consent for the rest of that relationship. You have the right to say, actually, I don't want to do this today, or I don't want to do this at this point. So it is a consensual process 
continually through a relationship. So it's really important that, you know, you, you have that knowledge to say each time, actually, no. I might have done it a week ago, but now things have changed between us and I'm not going to do it now, sort of thing. Is there a way to spot or are there any telltale signs if it's happening to a friend or how to basically kind of identify if it's happening to, to somebody in your class or somebody you know? Would you feel there's any giveaway signs? I think I'd know if a friend, like a close friend, I think, would know, because you know their behaviour, you know what they're like. So I think if they're being secretive and they've started sort of not doing the same sort of things that you would do with them because they're uncomfortable or whatever, you kind of know. Or like if they've got new things. So like if you know that this friend's wouldn't be able to afford a new phone, they've suddenly got a new phone, you'd be like, oh, why have you got that? Or they're suddenly going to places or getting new things, you would know. Mm -hmm. And if they're being secret and not telling you things, and I think that's kind of a sign that you'd know. I think if they're also trying to, like, withdraw themselves from you, if they're trying to distance themselves because mm. they're groomers, like, telling them, you know, you need to distance yourself from friends and family, and you can kind of notice from that a change of behaviour if they, like, have a new person in their life or talk about that and kind of thing. Definitely with a really close friend, you'll be able to tell because friends tell each other stuff. So, I mean, if they weren't telling them, then something clearly is, like, wrong with them because a relationship should be, like, told, people know about it. And what, what advice would you give to your friend? Talk to someone you trust and you know you're comfortable, who won't judge you. Or maybe even just talk to a professional who mm -hmm. you don't know, who won't judge you, because I think they'll probably feel a bit more comfortable. You know, there's so many online places you can just get advice and not many people know about them. If you feel like it's starting to get a bit dangerous and it's something that they won't be able to escape very easily because it's one thing to have, like, recently met someone and then you can try and stop seeing them or, like, block them if it's a social media thing. But if they have got very close into this relationship and it's probably relatively impossible to get out, then you should contact authorities, like the police, um, if you believe that their life is going to be in danger. I don't think they should, like, stop themselves from getting advice from other people if they're embarrassed by it because I think if they're embarrassed by it then I think they need to get like more advice because clearly if they're embarrassed by it then they know that something's up and I think like, they most need... people don't want to tell people because obviously the person probably threatens them to do something but I think regardless of if they threaten you or not you really should try to tell somebody definitely tell somebody I think maybe some people are embarrassed by it because they kind of think oh I've fallen for this person and like you know I've gain trust for them that's embarrassing if you've actually like spent time with them like you like them and stuff and then they're not who you thought they were that's just going to be embarrassing but you're not to blame as a young person yeah. so take that message back to your friends via social media and obviously as part of the broadcast you are not to blame the young person is not to blame and you won't be judged you know if you go to a trusted adult professional you won't be judged you know i think that's really key so how can young people Stay savvy, stay kind of street smart about grooming and keep safe online. Be aware who you're talking to mm -hmm. and make sure that you know who they are and you trust them and you've met them, maybe, mm -hmm. and you know that they're real and they're a real person. Mm -hmm. uh, keep up with the signs. And if you can't get education from school, educate yourself, like, learn what there is to know about this sort of behaviour and what to avoid. And if you see any of the signs, then you should pull back, tell someone or contact any sort of help that you need. I think as well, focusing very much on what a good relationship is. You have to have the balance of the opposite. At the end of the day, if you don't know what's normal and good, how do you judge what isn't right? So I think the message that needs to go out to young people is what is a good relationship? What should a good relationship look like? You should be able to say no. You should be respected. You should be loved and cared for. And, you know, you should be able to trust that person. There should be no pressure, no anger, no violence, no manipulation, no isolation. So it's, it's flipping it almost, not saying, well, what to look out for to be groomed. It's actually, when you're in a relationship, it's having those signs to say, 
this, this is okay. This is a good relationship, so this is okay. So it's having that first building blocks when you're seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, what should a good relationship yeah. be? You know, what should my friendship be like, really, first? So I think that's really, really key. Guys, thank you. Now, if you're listening to this and you think maybe yourself or your friends could maybe be in danger of sexual exploitation or grooming... I cannot stress enough, and I think we've kind of said it here within this chat today, it is so important that you talk to someone who can take the right action, whoever that might be. And I know that's easier said than done, but, you know, if if there's someone listening, they don't want to speak to friends, family or teachers, where can they go to? I mean, you've got some national sort of points you can go to. So you've got Childline, for one, and the Samaritans as well. And they're not just there for people who are feeling sort of emotionally distraught. They're also there to help you with any issues you might have. You've got online counselling like cooth.com. But also, you know, you've got use the people around you, use the people in your schools, use the pastoral and the teachers, use your school nurses, anybody that you trust. If you trust your friend's parents talk to them. I think the most important thing is that you do something. That was today's episode. Grooming Could It Happen To Me, part of the Health Uncovered series. I'd like to say a massive thank you to the guys for joining me here today in Shropshire. We've had Ellie, Sadie, Liv and Josie and to our experts, Alison Kirsten. Thank you so, so much. Please don't forget to check out our other podcasts in the series. We cover a whole range of topics and kind of you'll find a load of information on any health issues that young people face and any questions that you need answers on. Hopefully you'll find your answers in there. Thank you again, guys, and I'll see you next time. This is Health Uncovered with Herefordshire and Shropshire Councils. Health Uncovered is recorded with NHS professionals who help young people like school nurses and other specialist teams. To find out how to get confidential support with any health issue, speak to your GP or ask in school.